But I want to hear from the ladies, uh, just one or two of you perhaps, uh, what took place yesterday? How was the, how was the Women's Breakthrough uh, event? How was the Women's Breakthrough Conference? Silence. Becky, please. Thank you. Um, I had a major breakthrough yesterday, and it came at the very, very end. Um, I haven't, I haven't thought about my childhood in a long time. Um, I, I grew up feeling very insignificant and a misfit. I didn't belong. And, um, and when I met Jesus in my, when I was 18, he, um, he changed that. He gave me significance. He gave me Amen. meaning Amen. and purpose and and I thrived on that for so long. Um, but I was sharing um, how the enemy still pings me all the time and makes me feel like I'm insignificant and, and I'm misunderstood and blah, blah, blah. And, um, and I was sharing that, um, that it, it's, it's an ongoing battle with the enemy because it was so significant the issue of being insignificant in my childhood um, it's it's the area where where he gets me so I had a woman come up to me at the end and she said have you ever thought uh, that God might be wanting to use uh, that for your ministry that he, that he's shown you that you are significant, that you have purpose, and that you would speak that into other people. And right as she said that, I'm like, oh, my Lord, that's exactly what I have been doing. That's my heart. Amen. I've been doing that without even realizing that has been my ministry since he saved me <laughs> to show people that they are significant, that no matter what you got going in your life, that, that, that you count, that you matter, that you have a voice. Amen. Yes. And I, I mean, I, it's amazing. I work with children who th people think that, you know, they're never going to make it. Yeah. They're never going to, they're never going to succeed because they might have a learning disability or whatever. And I'm speaking life into them. And saying, you have a purpose. Yes. You have been given a life to live to the fullest. I do that with the, the ladies, Damascus house. I've been doing it my whole life. You're doing it with, with us right children. now. It's like, I never realized. So it's like the, the breakthrough is realizing that this is my ministry. This is what God has called me to, and I'm just so. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if I'm ready to give you up. I don't know. <laughs> awesome, awesome. Um, I uh, Colossians. I just um, there's a, there's a young lady very dear to my heart that's um, in a bit of a struggle, and and what you just said, Becky, just. It speaks to the scripture. I, I shared, I, we were worshiping, and I texted her the scripture. It's from Colossians, Paul's letter to the church in Colossae. For God in all his fullness 
fullness was pleased to live in Christ. And through him, God reconciled everything to himself. When Jesus came on you, you were full, and it's been poured out to so many other people. Praise God for that. Praise God for that. He continues to say, He made peace with everything in heaven and on earth by means of Christ's blood on the cross. Praise God that you have that part of your heart is secure. Yes, yes, praise God. Praise God. Praise God. And thank you for blessing us with that. Just, boy, you can go home now. Awesome. Awesome. That's, that's, that's incredible. That's incredible. Awesome. Praise God. Praise God. Well, let's say a word of praise for, Lord, thank you for, you're pouring out that truth, this truth to Becky and, and having her have that awakening in her heart for, you know, the pain. She wouldn't want it upon anybody. But the joy, how you turn mourning and grief into dancing, you, she, wouldn't, she wouldn't give that away for anything. And to be able to pass it on to other people, God, we thank you, God. That's our purpose, just restore people in the fullness of Christ, Lord, in your joy. We give you praise. Pour that out to us. Continue to pour it out. In Jesus' name we pray. All God's children said, amen, amen, amen. Praise God, praise God. Well, I'm going to praise God for a word right now, which is his word does not return void. And, and, and the reason I say that is, uh, you know, after a moment like that, I have to preach. Um, so I, I, you know, I just, I just know it's not me. So whatever is going to come out is going to be God and his word. And, and you're going to get blessed by it too. Cause that, that was just incredibly awesome. Becky, thanks for sharing that. Um, uh, I, I do want to go ahead and, and, and share a word with us today that, uh, has, has come to me that I'm very excited about it. Yeah, it's got a little touch of, of, of uh, carrying for, forward from our last conversations that we've been having with God through, through G's word last week and, and coming off of our anniversary where we've been asking God, you know, we're celebrating this 20 years and thank you for it. Bless you, Jesus. You, you've done so much, but you know, now what's next? And, and so that's what this series has been about is, you know, just thanking God for the last 20 years and what's next. And, and today we're going to take a look at, at, at what it means in, in the fullness of, of Jesus to be devoted to his word. Um, uh, before I go into that study, um, uh, let me ask you something. I, I mean, my wife and I are, in, in, are embarking on a, a bit of a new season. It's not brand new, but a bit of a new season of Thanksgiving where the children come home for Thanksgiving. We've got two of them away, and now two of them are coming back for Thanksgiving. Very excited about that. And so, I, you know, I'm giving God praise for the fact that there's school break uh, during Thanksgiving. And, uh, and, and, you know, when I was a kid going to school, of course, I, you know, was very thankful, maybe not always to God, uh, just my, where my walk and my heart was, but I was always very thankful when there was a break from school. Can anybody get a witness on that? Amen. Sign a hand. Some of you are really thankful. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and just on an honestly basis, I mean, there, there was part of school that I loved. I mean, I loved the social stuff. I loved being with friends. I loved hanging out and, and, and you know, uh, being able to do things. But the academics was always not so joyful, <laughs> always not so motivated. Anybody else kind of felt that way when you're going to school, right? You know, you take the, take the relationships, but maybe the academics off to the side. Right? Okay. When we're talking about God and His Word, it's kind of important to know that God in Himself understands that and He's accommodated that. He's accommodated that, that resistance that we get to a performance oriented culture that says you gotta get an A or you gotta get 
good grades, otherwise you're not going to be something, right? That performance-oriented culture that says you got to memorize these, you know, 15 dates in history and just be able to identify exactly what went on in each of those things and just to knowledge of what use, like when, when are you going to use that later on or we go on other topics, but God, God accommodates that. And, and the way it accommodates that, the way we look at it is, look at the book of Acts. Let's turn to the chapter 2 of the book of Acts, where we see uh, uh, the description of how the disciples engaged in God's Word. We, we see the description of how they actually engaged in learning, engaged in instruction. So turn to the book of Acts chapter 2, the for those that uh, may be unfamiliar, the book of Acts in chapter 2, where we're at in the setting, is Jesus has done all of his ministry. He has risen from the dead, from the, uh, taking on the cross, and he has now just released his Holy Spirit to everyone. And so now we're filled with the promise that he gave to us. We have his Spirit, God himself, is inside of us, helping us to learn and helping us to grow and helping us to to live out being like Christ, to live in a relationship with God, to be connected to God. And so after uh, that uh, that outpouring of the Holy Spirit took place, uh, the people responded, and they responded by saying, I want to get baptized, I want that Holy Spirit, I want to be with Christ. They did that, and then they went on to walk it out. This is, in essence, their what's next. So it's a great model for us as a church of what's next. And we see in verse 42, we've been talking about this, it says, all the believers devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, say teaching, and to fellowship, say fellowship, and to the sharing in meals, say sharing in meals, including the Lord's Supper, say Lord's Supper, you can get the rhythm here, and to... There you go. Awesome. Awesome. And a deep sense of awe came over them, and all the apostles performed many miraculous signs and wonders. And all the believers met together in one place and shared everything they had. They sold their property and possessions and and shared the money with those in need. They worshiped together at the temple each day and, and met in homes for the Lord's Supper and, and shared their meals with great joy and, and generosity, all the while praising God and enjoying the goodwill of all the people. And each day the Lord added to their fellowship those who were being saved. What a, what a great description. This is the church. This is the body of God. This is the fellowship. This is the way is the path. This is what we have been called to. This is what is next, is to be gathered together in this community, in this body of people, involved in these activities, not just for the purpose of being involved in the activities, but for the purpose of pouring out love and sharing with one another, generosity, sharing the gospel, and God adding people, uh, being adding people to freedom, adding people to light, adding people to love. That's what's next. This is a vision. This could be. This is a vision statement for the church. This is a mission. This is a purpose for us as a, as a body. And inside of this, we see these two key words that we're, that we're looking at today. Is they were devoted. They were devoted to the word, and and they were devoted to the teaching. The word being the, the is used in scripture was was teaching of the apostles. 
Now, now, let's stop a moment and, and break this down. We talked about devoted a little bit a, a couple weeks ago. Devoted is a compound word. It means forward, power, and vigor. So it means to be strong, to be steadfast. To be devoted means I'm moving forward, I'm planting my feet here, and I'm going to stand my ground here no matter what comes at me. That's being devoted. And they were devoted to what? They were devoted to the teaching, to the fellowship, devoted to one another. They're going to stand their ground for each other. They're going to stand their ground to say, like Becky was just gave in her testimony, I'm going to pour out to you so you get it who you are in Jesus. I'm standing this ground because this is who Jesus said you are. Not what the world said you, what you went through, but who you are in Christ. I'm going to be devoted to that. I'm going to be devoted to each other financially, generosity, not giving with, with condition, giving just simply because that person has need to recognize that everything I got came from him. You got some need? I'll fill it. I can fill it. I've got some. I can help you out. Very communal. Certainly not our culture. Community. Very much a, a caring society, if you will. But more than a society, a spiritual bondedness of brotherhood and sisterhood with one another, spiritually connected by the Holy Spirit who has poured out to them and, and has them all being one, united in one heart, united in one spirit. And out of that oneness, God, and being united with Him, God, of course, is pulling out, pouring out people to Him because people out there in the world want to get connected to God. And so they want to find him. And the way they find him is they stumble into these people. And they run into them. And they share. They share testimony. They share the witness. Here's what God is doing. It's a beautiful description. Beautiful description. And, and, the, and today I want to take this, 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 this aspect of understanding what the teaching is. So we can go back to the previous slide, Jamie. Appreciate it. In the word teaching, it, 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 the Greek word that was used was didacte. We, we get the word didactic from that. Uh, anybody who might be in education might be familiar that a couple of, uh, of, of common learning styles. There's, there's uh, didactic learning, which is information. It, it, it's to share instruction. Here's doctrine. And then there's experiential learning. Experiential learning is, is doing things together. So what I want you to note here is that the teaching that took place during that time was instruction. But you cannot remove that instruction from the context of where it took place. That teaching took place, that doctrine took place inside the context of community, inside of the oneness, inside of the life togetherness. So there we, they were devoted to the Word, the apostles' teaching, but it wasn't just to get information and to get head knowledge and, 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 and to pass a grade. Back to our, our little example of being happy about school break. It, it, for them, it, it took place inside a community. There, there would be no school break because you would be learning amongst other people. You would be growing amongst other people. 
And, and quite candidly, and I've got a little bit of a, a somewhat of a personal soapbox with this that I that I picked up like 25 years ago when I was in seminary. And that is so often the church, the, the, the body of Jesus, through our culture and the American culture, for whatever reason, we started to mimic our discipleship to people to be that of what the nation was doing inside of the school system. It became a trend at some point in time to go, we're going to build our own education wing. We're going to have our own school. When teaching, you know, honestly, teaching back in even uh, even colonial days, for that matter, was more community. It was, it, sure, there were institutions and schools, but a lot of it took place in family and engagement with, with ideas and flow. It wasn't like you went to school like today. You go to school and then you come home and you don't even talk about it. Unless you get that email from Aegeus saying, here's what your grades are, and now you talk to your kids about it because something's off. But they talked about it. There was life together. And so uh, forgive me a bit, but the, the point is that for whatever reason, sometimes the church has gone off kilter to think that indoctrination is discipleship. Discipleship is more than doctrine. We confuse the, the issue of discipleship is not just coming to a class and learning some facts or being a group of people in what we often call in our language, our vernacular, a study. We have studies, of course, but they take place in community. They take place inside the oneness. So, yeah, there's a study on, on Sunday morning, but it's taking place with a, a couple of great women of God who, who want to help you in, in, in being loved. In following lives. So, you know, praise God for, for, for Mary and Connie and all the other ladies that, forgive me, I'm, I'm missing your name, that are involved in that. You know, you heard from Becky just moments ago. <laughs> Becky doesn't lead a class. I've, 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 I've sat underneath Becky in, in her teaching and it's never been in a class format. I felt like I was, you know, sitting home with my mom and, and, you know, being fed cookies and milk and just being loved on. Right? I mean, that's discipleship. That's learning. And that's how God teaches us. He teaches us that way. So to be devoted to God is to understand that God has always, always wanted us to be in community because God is always about relationship. Everything He does is about relationship. And unfortunately, in our lives, by the time you know our culture hits where it's at today, relationships are probably more damaged than they are healthy. And so we are confused what even healthy relationship looks like. And so we shy away from it. And that's one of the reasons why we don't engage in discipleship, engage in community, is because of that aspect. And, and we don't really recognize it, but what drives us so much for, for things and, and acquiring stuff is this honestly somewhat of a survival mode that comes out of being raised in a performance-based culture and society that has disconnected us from everybody and has trained, especially Americans, to be independent people. Land of the free, home of the brave. Do it on your own. Do it yourself. Well, that's pretty dang hard. And that's not what God wanted. That's not how he designed it. And so we're to be together. 
Because God is all about relationship. Look at these scriptures with me. Look at look at um, Mark chapter 1, verse 17. Jesus calls the 12. And what does he say? He says, Jesus said to them, come what? Follow. Come follow me and I will make you fishers of men. Jesus' model for teaching was walking through life together. He didn't say, come to this class. And I'm going to give you these precepts and you're going to get an A and I'm going to give you, you know, I'll give you the rabbi robe and you can, you know, then go pass it on to somebody else. He said, no, come follow me. Hang out through life. Hang out through life. God has always been about relationship. Look at how, look at from the beginning, the very purpose of God in Genesis chapter one. Everything God does with man is relational. He said, let us make human beings in our image to be like us. Now, this is Moses telling us the story of creation. Our God, Father, Son, Holy Spirit saying, let's make humans on this sixth day after we formed everything else, and they'll be like us. They'll be in our image. They will be formed and molded and, and continue to be transformed to be like us throughout their lives. It's about that relationship. God himself is a relationship of Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. The Father loving the Son the Son loving the Father, the Holy Spirit loving God, the Holy Spirit loving Jesus, Jesus loving the Holy Spirit, God loving the Holy Father, God loving the Holy Spirit. It's a love fest because God is love. And you can't be love unless you have an object. Love needs an object to, to love on. And so we see this relationship that God has with us such that when you get to this place in Scripture, I want you to see what the power of this book is all about. Turn to me with to the Gospel of John, chapter 1. The Gospel of John, chapter 1. Many of you are familiar with it. It's going to come around a little bit more in our culture as we talk about Christmas and the coming of Jesus. But in John, chapter 1, I want you to take note of something, something very powerful when it comes to understanding this devotion to God and His Word. In the beginning, the Word already existed. The Word was with God, and the Word was God. He existed in the beginning, with God. And God created everything through Him, and nothing was created except through Him. The Word gave life to everything that was created, and His life brought light to everyone. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness can never extinguish it. God sent a man, John the Baptist, to tell about the light so that everyone might believe because of his testimony. John himself was not the light. He was simply a witness to tell about the light. The one who is the true light, who gives light to everyone, was coming into the world. He came into the very world he created, but the world didn't recognize him. He came to his own people, and even they rejected him. But to all who believed him and accepted him, he gave the right to become children of God. They're reborn, not with physical birth resulting from human passion or 
plan, but a birth that comes from God. So the Word became human and made His home among us. He was full of unfailing love and faithfulness, and we have seen His glory, the glory of the Father's one and only Son. Here's what I want you to get. I want to connect some dots here for us, folks. Being devoted to the Word means that this is Jesus. The Word is Jesus. It's not just teaching. It's not just instruction. It's not just stories told to us by followers of Him of what He did. Do you see that? This is the Word. This is Jesus. Being devoted to the Bible, being devoted to reading it, being devoted to meditating on it means that we are devoting ourselves to Jesus. When you read this, you are connecting to Jesus. When you, when you see a word, when you see a scripture, it is Jesus. It is Him Himself, His body. Body, mind, and spirit. It's all there. Paul tried to describe it to us this way when he said to us in 2 Timothy, he was, he was talking to his young follower, and you may have heard this scripture before, but all scripture is God-inspired, breathed by God, inspirited, but, and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness, though that the man of God may be complete, equipped for every good work. This is God's spirit. It is Jesus himself. It is him that we are connecting with. It is Him that we encounter when we read this. It is Him that we are close to when we read this. If you feel far from God, you feel far away, If maybe it's because of what you did or maybe what's going on in your life, read Him. Be connected to Him. Open up the portal of your mind, of your brain, to Him. His Spirit will connect. It will pour out. There is a spiritual event that will take place by connecting to the Word. It is not just a didactic experience. It is a communal experience with Father, Son, and Holy Spirit of oneness with Him. That is the power that is in the Word. It's not just flesh. It's pieces of paper with some black ink on it. It's a powerful event. And when we encounter the Word, we are encountering two things. We are encountering God Himself and understanding His character and His identity, just as it's, as Paul described in, in 2 Timothy. We're being inspirited to understand Him, knowledge. And then we are also encountering our true self. Because this is God speaking to us about who we are. Man, I'm referring to Becky all over the place, but praise, praise the Lord. That's You want to know her, the secret sauce that she's got? This is it. I've, I've been in her house. I've been in her house before it burned down. I've been in her house after it's burned down. There's more Bibles and magic marker, white out, or not white out, but highlighting and, and, and journals, uh, journals that would take another lifetime to read because she's been writing and engaging with him since that time. 
It, it, he is a powerful God. And he is describing to us who we are, the truth of who we are, not the lies of who the world tells us. And, and you know, here's one of my favorites. It's Ephesians chapter 6, verse 2. It, this is just... It's one of my favorites. And God raised us up with Christ and seated us with him in the heavenly realms in Christ Jesus in order that in the coming ages he might show the incomparable riches of his grace expressed in his kindness to us in Jesus Christ. This word, this specific word, tells us who we are. We are risen with him. That's where we are. We're not here in this world walking around dead, walking around beat up walking around with woe no we're up there with him right now in the heavenly realms by his throne seated with him raised up and so that authority we're seated with him we're right there you know right by the throne with all that he has for us which is why which is why jesus said to us in john chapter 14 he said he said these particular words if we can have those on the screen says, and I will ask the Father, Jesus will ask the Father, he'll give you another advocate to help you be with you forever. The Spirit of truth. The world cannot accept him because it neither sees him nor knows him, but you know him. For he lives with you, say with you, and will be in you. Say in you. Now say in me. Now say your first name. In Dennis. Yeah, that's where he's at. You want to know where God is? He's in Dennis. He's in Leon. He's in John. He's in Becky. He's in Linda. He's in every, I'll name you all y'all. He's in, he's in every one of us. He's there inside of us. And I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you before long. The world will not see me anymore, but you will see me because I live. You also will live. And on that day, you will realize that I am in the Father. And you are in me, and I am in you. Community, relationship, oneness, created in his own image, connected through the Holy Spirit, connected to Jesus, the Word himself, bounded together. That's what devotion is. So let let, let, let me be practical. Let me give you how to walk that out. If you're just starting, if you're just starting, we can go to the last slide, I think, Jamie. If you're just starting, we've got a pamphlet in the back called How to Read the Bible. Really would love to have you get that and to get a Bible. And, and, and if you're just starting, it's a, it's a simple action. It's a simple action. You pray to God to show you himself and to show you you. And, and start with the book of Luke. Start with one of the Gospels. I picked the book of Luke. Because Luke was a physician, he wrote better than the fishermen, and he wrote the whole story. He was an eye, he was not an eyewitness. He got all the eyewitnesses' accounts, and then he wrote the story of what Jesus did and what he taught. And so you can learn from a very skillful teacher, the didacte. You can learn the instruction with the Holy Spirit community, with God encountering Himself, and read it with other people. Get into a study. Get into a group. If you're new and reading it as well, let me let me suggest to you uh, perhaps the Daily Bread. 
The Daily Bread is a pamphlet that we had. It's also an app that you can get for your phone. You can just simply Google the Daily Bread, and you can click on it, and they'll give you an email devotion every day. They'll give you a word that you can meditate on every day. And because Jesus is that word, I guarantee you it will not just churn with you, but Jesus will want to be shared with somebody. You may find that as you read today's Daily Bread, that it's for somebody else. They're having a conversation with you about their woe or about whatever's going on, their challenge in life, and you recognize, oh, I got some Jesus for you. And if they're not a believer, you can just paraphrase it. You can just say, you know, I, I just saw this particular truth today, and that is God loves you, and and where you are with God is above all this junk that you're going through. There, I just paraphrased Ephesians 6 too. I mean, you, just, you can share it with somebody. And the other thing, if you if you are starting out, uh, you know, ask for help. This connection card, this prayer card that we have, let us know that you want some help reading it. Uh, we're looking to gather people up for studies, and 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 not just studies in in education, but fellowship groups of learning together what God is doing. We have several of them in the church. There's women's on on Thursday morning. Uh, there's uh, men on Monday nights. There's men on Fridays. There's men on Thursday nights. There's just great opportunity. So if you're just starting out, connect with God. Connect with Jesus. He's the word. And if you're already on that road, a couple things coming up. In January, we're going to be fasting. Man does not live by bread alone, but on every word spoken from the mouth of God. Jesus said to us, when you fast, he expects us to fast. He said to his, the Pharisees who were saying, how come your disciples aren't fasting? Well, I, I see that John's people do, but you, but you guys, you're not fasting. And Jesus said, well, I'm around here right now. When I'm gone, they're going to want to. His implication is when you fast, you get in the Word, you get closer to God. So we're going to be doing that. So heads up, church. We'll hear, we'll hear more about that. But fast. And then be devoted, be involved, in these communities of, of, of believers who are reading the Word together. And it doesn't have to be at this church. You can find your Christian brothers and sisters at work or, or friends from another church and, and, and meet with them. But be involved with other people in, in God and His Word because this is Jesus. This is Him. To be devoted to it isn't saying, I'm signing up to get a Ph.D. It's saying, I'm in saying I'm in love. I'm in love with God. And I want more of His love. Thanks for listening. Let's pray. Lord, thank You for Your Word that tells us who we are. We're fully, Your children, fully engaged with You. Thank you, Father God, for your plan of your word becoming flesh and being here with us. Thank you, God, that we get to see it pour out, not just to our lives, but pour out to other people around us. Lord, I would, it sounds easy to say guide us in, in that endeavor of, of being devoted to your word, but I think that still misses the point. Thank you for loving us and being connected to us and opening up and giving us this invitation to a deeper level of intimacy and love and oneness with you through the spiritual exchange 
that takes place when we read Scripture. Thank you for that invitation. Thank you for that oneness. We ask for your oneness to pour out to the world, Lord. Help us as your body to continue to love you, love people, and see the world change through you. So thank you for your your Bible where we get to connect with you to do that. In Jesus' name we pray and all God's children said, Amen. Amen.